Well, hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings podcast. We're on episode four already. Um, we're back to today. We've been on the actual there for a wee while. We've decided, nah, sack that. We've had enough blue dust, enough gold dust. We're coming back. And the real gold dust, uh, the black and gold brand, NXT TakeOver Portland. Um, live from the Moda Centre in Portland, Oregon. Stuart, you're with me. How are you, pal? I love the intro, mate. I popped for that. <laughs> that, was <laughs> I was off the, that was off the top of my head there. Uh, <laughs> I wish I'd written that down. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good, mate. Doing good. Do you enjoy the event? Aye, good show. Always as we NXT. We love doing these, um, you know, watching NXT. It's one of those ones that we actually, you get looking forward to just sitting down and enjoying a bit of wrestling sometimes, you know, and, and not picking it apart bit for bit. But now we are. <laughs> now we're on the podcast. Um, just, I was meaning to ask you, pal, did you get an attendance for this? Uh, I didn't know. No, I, I'm estimating about 9,000, but I, I don't think they announced it on the show. Um, and there's nothing really online that I could find. But I think it was around nine, eight or 9,000 in, in a stadium, uh, an arena of that size. Um, but a really, really good um, sort of setting for the show. Uh, they had a sort of unique stage for it as well, which. Um, huge. It's massive, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really, really nice touch. Um, and we have an opening um, song. I don't know if it was a band because the, the artist is Poppy, but. Obviously, it's like a sort of metal band um, with her song, Fill the Crown. <laughs> um, I think she's like the resident musician um, for NXT because she's opened a few other shows now as well. Um, so they maybe have like a working partnership with her. But she's got a bit of a, a gimmick going. Have you seen any of these interviews on YouTube and stuff with her? I'm Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> very much, pretty much. <laughs> um, very, very unique um, to, to have a band open a show. Um, it makes it feel bigger sometimes as well when they do that. So I've never been um, wanting to shy away from liking that. Yeah, happy with that. We had uh, Beth Phoenix, Nigel McGuinness and Mauro Ronello on commentary as expected. Um, my favourite announced team in wrestling and I totally believe Mauro is the best in the world of what he does in terms of that play-by-play role. Fantastic. He brings the crowd into it, brings in pop culture references, which I know some people actually take digs at him for, but I like it. It makes it feel more current, you know. Um, and it actually tells a story of what's going on in the ring. And he help, yeah, exactly. He, he calls moves, he tells a story, he links back to what's been happening before, he really clues you in. If you're a new viewer, you know, you're not going to be too lost upon it. You, you, you can be you can be brought up to speed pretty quickly um, in Mauro. Um, and Nigel's a phenomenal colour person. And Beth's probably one of the best third persons. She's, she's better than Renee Young was anyway, let's put it that way. Yeah, I think it's really difficult to be that third person on commentary. Um, but yeah. A trans kind of a loss in the wind, didn't you? But no, she makes yeah. it work. She does make it work. I always think, you know, the, the guy in the middle is your play-by-play and you should have a colour person, but the colour person is always somebody who I associate aligning themselves with heels slightly. You know, they go down that route more. If you're, going, um, if you're talking kind of an old school, kind of a JR and Jerry Lawler partnership, then yeah, you're absolutely right. But yeah. As as I, think, I don't like the three-man dynamic, but I like the NXT three-man team that works. So Definitely. Uh, so we kick off the show with a North American Championship match. Um, Keith Lee is going to defend the title against Dominic Dijakovic. These two guys have uh, had many, many matches over the last couple of months um, on NXT TV. Um, two big lads um, getting in there once again. Tremendous chemistry these two have got. Yeah, it's the um, big, big horse battle in it, man. They're just a lot of beef. A lot of beef. Yeah. Um, 
So we, we, we get a good thumbs up from me from the start, you know, the, the, the lock up. That's always a good way to start a wrestling match for me. Um, you know, get in there, feel each other out. Um, and we, we get very, very quick exchanges straight off the bat. Um, Keith Lee actually runs through a clothesline, which is always a really, really nice spot that he does. Um, you know, guys put, throws his arm out there and it just doesn't phase yeah, him. The, the, the staple <laughs> of the big man kind of repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he hits a, something that's not a staple of the big man repertoire a hurricane runner almost mm-hmm. early off the bat. Um, the, these two guys just, just you know, they, they hit big strikes off each other, but they also <laughs> throw in really, really cruiserweight moves, if you like, at times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with a little drizzle of power moves in between. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. It was certainly the kind of a the staple of this match. It was the trading the big kind of power moves back forward, back forward, inside, outside. Um, yeah, we've got an awkward spot on the outside um, where Dajakovic goes over the top to try and sort of do like a, a flip on, on, onto Keith Lee. Keith Lee dra- dra- uh, grabs him, but I think Dajakovic sort of got caught on the rope slightly when he went over. Um, and looked a little bit awkward, and then there was also he attempted to suplex Keith Lee onto the apron, and he didn't really get him up. Um, so there was two wee bits there. I thought, ooh, a little bit sloppy on, on mm-hmm. Dajakovic's side mm-hmm. there. Um, but I think I would also put it down to the, the speed that these two guys were going up until that point, where it's just bang, 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 constant, constant, constant. And you know, when they're trying to rush through moves and rush through spots, where they're not actually getting them spot on at times. Um, but this was the only time they did it in the match, to be honest. You know, so it is quite nitpicky, but um, no, it, it, it was noticeable. Yeah, I, I definitely take your point there because. This obviously went over twenty minutes, but it, it seemed like they were trying to rush through the moves as if they were only going about five minutes. It was yeah, it was, it was strange. It was strange. Definitely. Um, we also had a really, really nice. Um, Dijakovic went up to the top and he had a corkscrew moonsault, um, which was just beautifully done from a guy. He must be about six foot seven. He's huge. Um, effortless. It looked effortless. Landed it very, very well. Um, Loved it. Um, but th- this match, as I said, it went over 20 minutes. There was a lot of big spots in the match. Um, and a really, really scary one on the outside where um, Keith Lee was sat on a leather chair in between the two announce tables, mm-hmm. which was maybe... How, how, how big would you say that gap was, maybe? Uh, with Keith Lee in it, not very big. Yeah, so... um <laughs> snug. Yeah. Um, Dijakovic goes into the ring and he springboards from the ring right through them, sitting on the announce tables onto Keith Lee, um, in a sort of cannonball style um, yeah. manoeuvre, and it was, there was not much room for error. Um, he had to, you know, he had to make sure he hit the right place. Um, you know, a, a few inches either side, they could have done themselves some damage. Um, but very, very good, and it was one of those bumps, where you, you know, you're watching it with one eye closed, you're like, you know. It, um, it looked painful, but that's the, the art of the cell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Lee, uh, this, this is the point in the match where I thought it should have ended, um, and it yes. didn't, but Keith Lee gets the spirit bomb, and then he, sort of, the, the momentum of the spirit bomb actually makes Dijakovic stand up again. Like he, he, The momentum of it takes him almost upright again, so Keith Lee gets him in another spirit bomb from the pinfall, um, and that should have been the finish for me, and you know that's when you get the near fall, and you know the crowd are genuinely, you know when you hear them counting the three? Because yeah. they were absolutely certain it's certain done, finish, yeah. and it wasn't, and that, that for me led to the actual finish falling a little bit flatter, um, just because that felt like the natural pinnacle of the match. I know that's hard to read before you actually go in there. Um, yeah, it just it seemed like the it's the it's the roller coaster, isn't it? They build the crowd up, but then that's yeah. not the finish. But then it's because they're two big guys as well. They need to. It takes a wee while to build up that pace again because the 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 wee touch on the top rope too took an age before they eventually had the Spanish fly. Yeah, um, which, which was gorgeous. Also, yeah, it was nice. Again, um, that was only for a two count as well. Then, uh, 
can't believe I'm trying to pronounce that name. Dijakovic. <laughs> yeah, um, goes for the, the, the likes of the torture back. Yeah. Um, so he's back. Then we hit the finish. Um, yeah, the big catastrophe for the 1, 2, 3. 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, then after the match, Lee shows his respect for Dijakovic. Who, you know, if anybody who's tuned into NXT over the last few months will have seen these guys get in there, throw it down, um, and, and just be phenomenal to watch, really, you know, and mm-hmm. very, very entertaining. Something totally different from the NXT. Don't have many big guys on there. Um, certainly none who can do what they do, and not many big guys in the wrestling business can no, do is, what they do. This is Vince's match for watching NXT. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you fall asleep halfway through the show anyway, you know, I guess he's getting a fair age nowadays. How are you pronouncing um, again? Dominic Dijakovic. We'll call him Double D. Double <laughs> uh, That's a t-shirt. Because <laughs> Keith Lee's uh, double tie slap <laughs> on his double D's was, was, was funny. That. Yeah, really oh, that. very, very good. But yeah, two, a really good story told. Two athletic guys, you know, um, knocking lumps at each other. Uh, and the right guy wins. Keith Lee carries on. You know, he, people can see he's going to be a star. Um, yeah. And this is really just, yeah, this is just the beginning of his path um, to, to start them, if you like. We move on to a, to a match that's uh, been a, a very well-built story uh, in the women's division down in NXT. Um, Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in a street fight. Um, love a street fight on a card. It sort of takes you back to your, your ruthless aggression days for me, anyway. You know, um, street fights were on a card every week then, so <laughs> it's nice to see that there now and again. Oh yeah, of course they set the bar, you know. Um, so that story, of course, was built from Takeover War Games. Um, prior to which these two had a great um, and, and very public friendship. Um, you know, they both went through knee injuries together and stuff like that, and they had this really sort of this bond that put them both together. And, and that is, you know, that's real as well as as storyline. Yeah. Um, but at Takeover War Games, I believe it was um, actually Tegan Knox was the one originally picked as part of Rhea Ripley's team, and Maya Yim got injured, so. Tegan not Dakota Kai then joined, um, and because of that, she held a bit of spite over the fact that Tegan got picked over her. Mm-hmm. Um, so when her, it was her time to end the War Games match, she did a, a one eighty, turned round, attacked um, the Tegan Knox in the in the cage, smashed the door on her, on her knee, and took her out of the match, um, which led to um, Rhea Ripley's team losing in, in the War Games and stuff like that. Um, but this 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 was a really really good sort of. I mean, I remember watching that show myself, and I was like. Oh, God, that, I've never seen that coming, you know. Um, and it, again, it goes to kind of actually how good NXT do it. Like, the build package was incredible. It told you everything you need to know, get into the match, and then combine that with Ronaldo on commentary. It set, the, yep. it set the mood just nice. What I didn't like was when Tegan Knox came out, she came out smiling and bright-faced. Like, yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a blood food. Yeah. Like, you need to be coming out. Yeah, come out with her on the walk. You know, I mean, the 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 silver face and stuff like that. Yeah, um, these are matches. I always say, you know, like you know, the superstars and wrestlers have entrances. You know, yeah. where they come out and they've got their actions during their entrance. Is these type of matches that goes out the window? Definitely. You walk out, you stay right at the ring, you get in the ring, and you're ready to go. Obviously, should we jump before the bell here? Um, but that that's how you should address these matches. There should be, you know, the facial expression there to show this is not a match. This is a fight. Yes. Um, Agreed. So, but these two did have a match on NXT a few weeks ago, which Tegan won. Um, so this one, in, in my eyes, was was going to be Dakota's one, um, and it was. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just rubbing this into shoot here, by the way, for the people who are listening in, because you know we had a bit of protections before this, and um, someone won, and someone didn't. So <laughs> yeah, I thought this was going to be the blow off where the face gets revenge, but obviously they're going yeah. to build this to take over, probably take over Tampa, I mean, every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> we get, so, so we get um, Dakota jumps at uh, Tegan on the ramp um, they sort of battle their way through the crowd to the ring um, that's quite often a theme in street fights it's either they start in the ring and they go to the outside or they start on the outside and they get back to the ring um, so that's what happened for this one um, we've got some really, really creative spots in this match um, there was a straight off the bat they, they knocked one of the barriers down and hit a DDT on it mm-hmm. um, there was a point where Tegan's leg got trapped like in between the steps and uh, the ring post and the cool guy found a cricket bat. <laughs> I tried to take it to Tegan Knox and snapped on the post. That must have hurt her. If you ever like, obviously you've you've hit something off. Yeah, if you ever if you ever hit I don't know a golf club off a tree or I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything like that. But you get that vibration through yes. uh, the instrument, and she sold it like really really well when she did that. Um, of course, the bat snapped pretty That's well. Fucking hard like a bastard. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, um, she, she she takes her to the apron and she fucking nails her with the bin lid to the face. Oh my god, it shatters as well. I love the sound. It's oh. better than a steel chair, and it's safe as well, obviously. But the sound, the crack is incredible. Definitely. It's remember, remember, we used to have the old like the old um, like the bacon trees, like the cookie trees, and <laughs> every time they had it, and it just looked like a small tree. But you know, it does hurt to an extent. Yeah. Um, but it, it sounds and looks amazing because it always puts a dent in it, etc. It's the same with the trash cans that they use in this match as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it always gives a nice little thing and again sort of back to your hardcore matches back in the 90s and stuff like that um, where they use these sort of weapons uh, uh, can I just say um, taking, taking Noxie's super kicks are, are fucking dreadful um, <sighs> I find that quite a lot nowadays as well um, a lot of the women wrestlers do them as well nowadays Carmella does it quite a lot and the hers are really poor as well yeah, but it's it, the connection's fine. It's the obvious slapping of the thigh. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's maybe just the camera work again. This that's just me being a nitpicky, grumpy old bastard. But, <laughs> um, if you're seeing how they're making the sound, then it kind of takes away. Yeah, I mean, you know she's not hitting her. Don't show me her slapping her thigh and making the sound. Fuck's sake. Yeah, there was also a, a German suplex on the trash can. Did you see how high she landed on this? Brilliant. Love yeah, the, the the good thing about the trash can is it gives you a bit of give. Yeah. So, not that it, I'm not saying it was it didn't fucking hurt, of course, it did. <laughs> but it, it gives you that little bit of you know you're not landing directly on your neck and your body folding up, etc. There's a wee bit of give there. Um, really, really, really nice spot. There was also a really cool. It was like a backbreaker, but it was like it was sort so, of the destroyer set up. Yeah, that's exactly the notes I've taken. Um, it was a class move that was set up like a Canadian destroyer, but it, it then turned into like a backcracker. But it was like on the neck. The neck impacted yeah. on the ankles. It was weird. It was it was nice. I'd never seen that before. Um, yeah, really, really nice, really unique. Um, we also get the, the old Van Daminator without the acrobats, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which definitely landed. There was no question that hit her directly in the head. Um, but I mean, these two they absolutely took a beating in this match, didn't they? Um, I, did. uh, I popped for the Mulligan round reference as well. <laughs> oh, oh, I. Oh, Brilliant. Uh, Tegan also gets duct taped to the post, um, which again, another bit of creativity. I thought, um, that, I thought that was a really ugly spot. Like, I don't mean ugly as in awful, I mean it was messy. It took ages, plus she only done one hand. Like You've got a spare hand. Yeah. Fucking tape and it. she only wrapped it around the post once. Mm-hmm. Like Duct tape is strong, but it ain't that strong. Yeah, but it, you know. it also kind of played into the next spot where she rattled her and the tape 
kind of ripped in centre forward. Yeah, that, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, it was. It was good, and you know, you, you can tell the, how how much detail they, they put into the planning of this match. Um, the planning was there. The execution was a bit poor. Um, I yeah. thought Knox was see the, when she went to get the chain spot. I thought she was quite sloppy with that as well. Like she mm-hmm. barely touched her with the chain. Like fucking swing it. And the, I've got to be honest, the chain didn't look heavy. It didn't. It looked like tin foil. Yeah, it looked really flimsy as well. Um, we also got the introduction of a laptop, which I haven't seen in a long while. It's just something else that, that puts it apart from other matches. Eh? Right. I'm interested to see your thoughts on this. The table spot. <clears throat> right. So the table gets set up outside the ring about ten minutes into the match. Eh, about five minutes into the match. Did they miss a spot with this? Because why would you set up a table only to then go and fold it back up and bring it into the ring? Do you think they missed a spot? Um... If I put you on the spot here, a wee bit, because really the, the best thing to do would be to go outside and unveil the table at the end. Yeah, that 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 gets a pop on its own. Mm-hmm. So they sort of robbed themselves of that by introducing the table early and then not using it. They also um, set it up inside the ring to begin with because they barely used the ring. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean uh, you could be right; they could have missed a spot. Um, mm-hmm. but by the same token, the fact that they went and got that same table, um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they, they entirely missed a spot or what with the table, but it, it, it was strange. I didn't notice, but why would you set it up and not use it on the outside and then put it, you know, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe it, was, maybe it was to save time later on, but, mm. you, you know, it's always the same when you, when you lift that apron up and you get the, the crowd see the table on the camera and you pull the table out, you always get that pop of, oh, yes, especially when it's later in the match, you know. Um, so that'd be nice. I think they sort of robbed themselves of that one. Um, yeah. <clears throat> that sort of leads into the finish to get the table back on the inside of the ring, um, set it up in front of the corner. Um, to just make sure I've not missed anything before we, we move on. Well, this, was the, this was the final spot, mate. This was the, the, the finish. So we get... Um, Someone who I thought was teaming a snooker. Oh, actually, yeah. With the, I think it was the leather and the, and the straightened hair. I think that was just... I was like, oh. It was uh, Raquel Gonzalez from the Major uh-huh. Classic. I'd I'd never seen this girl before, so it's not. It's, I never I never watched the the Mayon Classic. Um, so for me, she she was a new, but she she had she had a presence. Um, yeah. So we get Dakota, Dakota guys gets laid on the table with a chair around her neck. Um, Tegan knocks her to go up to the top, and this um, Raquel Gonzalez makes an appearance. Um, smacks Tegan on the back. Mm-hmm. Allows Dakota guy to be to be pushed away and get out of dodge. Um, and then this. Raquel goes up to the top, tries a double choke slam on Tegan on the table, and the table does not fucking break. No, she missed it by a mile. Yeah. Oh, it looked, it looked, all, it looked sore. Yeah. Um, so the table, I mean, let's be honest, the table was set up fine. It wasn't miles away from the corner, and she gets no. up, tries a double choke slam, and she bounces her head off the side of the table. Oh, yeah. fucking ouch! She got, she got some air up there, but it was just, it was just the angle of coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I find as well with a lot of the. Because I did it before. I remember um, Charlotte and Sasha had a match, um, and they tried to get tables involved. And you need to be heavy to put a table through. Yeah. And you know, so Tegan being very, very small, it would have been a difficult task anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, she would have to be, you know, flat on the table, um, the upper body taking yeah. the brunt. Yeah. Um, so any, any miss here or there, you ain't going through it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was the finish. Um, and uh, yeah, the court case was a win, one, two, three, um, and so it looks like Raquel was now siding with the court. Yeah. So um, good way to introduce a new a new character. I thought a new wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it allows the court to get our win back from the match before, but it doesn't hurt 
fatiguing too much because she's not lost it fairly, despite the fact it's a street fight. Um, but this, yeah. this was a really, really good match. I've written here, you know, it's a very, very creative match. It was one, you know, the spots had me intrigued every time, you know, you're watching and going, oh, you know. Um, they both put their bodies in the line for it. Um, and, you know, a typical NXT takeover fashion, it was a brilliant match. Uh, yeah, I thought it flowed very well. Uh, it was a good match. Um, it would have been better with someone else that wasn't Tegan Knox. Um, Dakota Kai, I think, is brilliant. She's a fantastic wrestler. She gets it. She gets timing. She gets moves. She gets the creativity. Tegan Knox is a star bit green for my taste. She's, she's, she needs to be led through the matches. She bombed a couple of spots. She was a bit sloppy in certain spots. Um my notes were, imagine if that was Asuka versus Dakota Kai, someone mm. that can actually wrestle to a high degree. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Asuka mark, but how good, <laughs> how good a match would that have been Yeah, if it was definitely like Asuka? But I think, you know, it's good to see NXT sometimes when they tap into something from somebody um, like Dakota Kai, because she was just a bubbly baby face before, yeah. but now they've tapped into something special. And they did the same thing with Io Shirai. You know, when you remember her, her coming in... Um, just being a normal sort of Japanese junior babyface person, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of, they came out, and a bit like Kairi Sane was for a long time as yeah. well. Um, Generic babyface number four. Yes, and then when she when she snapped and became a heel, it was just a totally different persona and everybody was buying into it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nothing to do with, with, with the work rate and, 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 you know, the ability in the ring. It's all about that presence and, and you know, how it attracts people to actually tune in and watch them. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get wrong, the potential's there. I think she will be good. She's just not quite there yet. Yeah, uh, as you said, really good match, and I think both of these girls now can move on to something different. Um, you know, I reckon obviously Raquel will still be tied in with Tegan in terms of you know there'll be a bit of beef there, but um, I think it's a good way to finish a few directly between Dakota and Tegan, um, is to sort of move them off slowly and into something else. Um, I don't think there was enough interest in Tegan, like you said, to for this to be you know a major feud. Um, I think it was just sort of an in between, um, in the middle of the card somewhere, but. It served its purpose. I think this would be better if it opened the show. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Because obviously the Keith Lee match was a bit kind of a horse on horse slow battle, you know what I mean? But it, like, Aye, it, was a bit, it was a bit long for the yeah. the thing we match was a bit long as well for an opener. I think a nice, this was, I think it was 13 minutes 24 for this one, so a nice, a nice 12 minute opener would have been nice. We also got an announcement for NXT UK TakeOver. The next one is going to be in Dublin, so it's actually the first one out with the UK. Um, We've still not got one up here yet, but I'm sure it'll come. <laughs> I hope so. There's certainly arenas for it. Definitely. Um, you know, I've had a few TVs up here and the, the, the crowds have been bouncing and apparently WWE have been very, very pleased with that. So um, I'm sure we'll get a turn. <laughs> There's been England and Wales and now we're getting Ireland. So God knows Belfast and maybe get one before us as well. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do the Home Nations tour before they come to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> so we get um, what the match I was probably most looking forward to before this, to be honest. Um Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano up next. Um, so Finn Balor went down to NXT sort of post SummerSlam. Um, I think he took a bit of time off before he before he turned up down there. Um, on his first night, it looks like he was siding with Champa and Gargano um, to take on Undisputed Era. He stepped up to take off his leather jacket and hit the pelly kick on Johnny Gargano, which is one of the best sort of shocked. I, I mean, it was the turn, wasn't it? It was the turn of Finn Balor. Um, but to the same degree, it was all like, oh, you know, like, just catches you totally off guard. Um, yep, very refreshing as well. I think that's what Finn needed. It was kind of a just, you know, swimming away in the mid-card, kind of a... Yeah, he's been the same guy since he came in at WWE, yeah, and 
the odd time he would don the face paint, but not an awful lot would change, you know. Um, but this this was like, this has been a good food for the last couple of months. Um, that night when Finn did the turn, he injured Johnny, um, whether it was kayfabe or not. For for three months, I think he was out for. He missed a takeover, which Johnny Gargano hadn't done for a long time. Um, Johnny takeover. Johnny takeover. Um, but in the build to this, these guys cut some great promos. Um, you know, it really opened up a, a new can of worms in terms of Finn Balor being a heel. Um, he, he's totally, totally found where he should be. It's not something he probably didn't know. Um, it's just been a case of timing for him in WWE, you know. Um, he's not been around long enough to have a good run. When he, when he first came in, obviously he won the title, but he got injured. Mm-hmm. And then coming back, you know, you have to have, when you come back, you have to come back and babyface for a good while, you know, and sort of build yourself up. And then he sort of was in and out of the mid-card and stuff like that, so he never really had that spotlight on him. But just, going back to NXT, it's given him that again, hasn't it? Yeah, dead end feuds on Raw, but now look at him going half yep. an hour with Gargano, perfect. Yeah. I did, I did like the build of this, it was kind of a, the old NXT versus kind of new NXT, if you will. Um, yeah. Finn was obviously the old face of the, the company before they came up, and Gargano's obviously main evented more takeovers than... Yeah, I, I like the, the, the build to this feud where Finn Balor, I think he was on WWE backstage, um, and he said, you know, WWE, the main roster, like Ron Smackdown, is like Hollywood, it's all lights and you know, smoke and mirrors, but when you go down to NXT, it's like Broadway, you know, it's it's, it's cut and dry, it's, it's what it is, um, and I think that's where he's probably at home as well. Perfect, perfect analogy, yep. So these two guys, they start off with a really good technical start, this this match was a slow build, um, and rightfully so, it was really, really well done, um, you know, they start off slow, feeling each other out, these two guys had never got in the ring together before, so it was a nice way to sort of, to sort of be nodding a wink at that, to say, you know, this is the first time in here, let's get a feel for each other, Um Made perfect sense, um, and of course Finn is the first guy to resort to the strikes because he's a heel. He has to. <laughs> um, I like how many nicknames Gargano's getting these days. He's he's catching up with John Morrison uh, for fun. <laughs> Johnny. The next one about Johnny Onion Rings. Very, very good. Uh, so the, the, the two of them hop out to the apron at one point um, and we get this awkward spear on, on the apron um, yeah. where it looked like Gargano had hurt his arm actually. Um, it was, it, was, it was a strange bump to take, um, but we, we get a bit of battling on the outside. Finn hits a sling blade, um, and by the point where Johnny was looking at doing the, the drop the drop kick into the barricade, which Finn did to him when he turned, yes. so we get a wee nod at that early on in the match, um, which doesn't actually happen yet. Um, but we get back in the ring, and, and, and Finn starts working over Gargano um, on the map, and he's on the map, and he's sort of got control of the match. Then um, I liked uh, this was just it's, just it's just perfect psychology for Finn. So obviously Gargano had been working uh, the arm, the Finn, mm-hmm. and um, when Finn had a kind of re-race point where Gargano, Gargano was in the mat, he would go and stretch his arm out on the rope to kind of listen yeah. up. Oh, fucking psychology, Finn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, great. And of course, Finn starts working on Johnny's leg, so it's, it's an arm for a leg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, see, these, these two guys, for being in there for the first time, obviously they're both absolute pros. You know, they've been, they've been wrestling for a long, long time. Um, but you, you'd, thought, you'd have thought they'd have wrestled 100 times after this match, you know. Um, I kind of got a bit of comeback on after, you know, Finn's been taken away for a while. And Finn's trash talking is, is fantastic. It's up there with Kevin Owens for me, you know, and when he works as a heel, he's just constantly just berating the enemy um, and, you know, bringing them down the whole match as well as, you know, taking advantage and working on a, a body part, etc. Um, Finn goes for the 1916 on a few occasions but doesn't quite get there. Um, they get to the outside, he attempts it out there and it gets pushed into the steel steps. We then get a nice um, sent on off the apron from, from Gargano on Balor. 
Um, and then we get a really nice slingshot spear back in the ring from Johnny on to, to Finn, which is really, really nice. But I think it can only really work when you're a small guy. Yeah. Because there's, there's only so far you're, you can jump before your legs are going to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is, this is the sort of first match. I, I know Finn's wrestled Riddle um, on NXT um, as a proper match. But this is the first time I've really seen a, a spotlight on a Finn Balor match for a long while. Yeah. Um, and it was really good to see how bloody good he was again. You know, I think he's been sort of taken advantage of so much on the main roster. And as a babyface, it doesn't showcase your talent an awful lot because you get beat up for the majority of the match and then you make your comeback and, you know, you get a nice wee bust here and there. But yeah, yeah working heel, you can show your, you can show your moveset, etc. you know? Definitely, definitely. I don't take a lot of notes regarding the kind of a spot the spot on the match. I, I was just concentrating and watching Finn kind of a glide around the ring. He's, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, we get to the outside later on as well, and Johnny Gargano does hit that spot um, with a big drop kick on the Finn Balor um, against the Barricade, which was a nice wee nod back to what happened at the start of the story, and the commentary team touch on it. Because um, of course, Melrose knows what he's doing, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, you know, he does the old the old gun point as well, which he'd been taking the piss out of Finn for in the build up to this feud as well. So just we we nuances like that also also help tell the story, you know. Character um, development. Who'd have thought that? It is, isn't it? It's, it's really really well done. Isn't it? Thing is with NXT as well, you feel like these guys have a lot more say in that. Yeah. You know, whether whether you, you know people may argue it's Triple H putting his arm around them and telling them you need to do this and you need to do that, but by the same degree, I think these guys have an awful lot of say in that, um, and, and it makes total total sense. Um, so we get we get back in the ring. Um, we get a I think I missed a bit here somewhere. Um, but Gagano hits the coup de gras, um, and we get the nineteen sixteen for the three count. So it was a good match. I think the right guy won. Yeah, um, well, you're you're missing the. Um, I have missed something, haven't I? You have missed, you have missed it. it was a spotting match. You've missed it was um, both of them are on the outside on both announce tables and Finn fucking smashes Gargano with a drop kick across the announce table into the barrier. That's right. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so they, both guys get up on the announce tables, and uh, John Gargano gets drop kicked right off the news table and the barricade. Um how could I have how can I forgotten that? Uh, really, really good spot. It was safe enough, you know. Um yeah. thankfully. <laughs> well, that's, that's just the day where it's like a Gano is. It doesn't mind putting his body in the ring first off the bat. Yeah. yeah. That was a class spot. Um gets him back in the ring. Keep the grace. Um I added this I that as a brain buster. It didn't look like the nineteen sixteen DD looked like a brain buster for me. Um and then one, two, three. Perfect. 27, 22, that went. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem like it. I it, it didn't, no. I think because, you know, and again, that's the of having two guys who have never been in there before. You never watched it before, so you you, you really tune in. You know, you, you you clue yourself in, you go, this is going to be great. And you sort of start to get a feel for it. As you said, you know, you're just watching you look for the wee nuances and stuff like that. Because when I mean, you've seen guys get in there a few times before, you end up, you know, I've seen this before, blah, blah, blah. Let's just get to the finish in the high spots, you know. <laughs> but, um, this was this was this was phenomenal. Excellent, um, excellent match. Two of the best wrestlers in the world currently. Um, I'd noted as well. Finn's lightning quick in the ring. He's so smooth. Just goes to spot to spot to spot to spot like it's nothing. Um, ah, I love this match. It's so good. Yeah, and a great wee visual at the end. Obviously, Finn standing above uh, Gargano. Um, and going up the ramp and you know cutting that he kept saying you know when I shoot I don't miss he was um, talking people that he defeated since coming back from NXT and then the fucking yeah. camera cut away to see Gargano in the ring before he was yeah. first uh, ridiculous um, I kind of blame Kevin Dunn for that one I'm sure he's no down there <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 
Really, really good match. Um, I say almost half an hour, but it was it was a, it was a pleasure to watch this. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing what's next for for Finn. Anyway, um, I, th- I reckon he's going to step up to the title next, but we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. I think. Yeah, um, we get a backstage interview with Kathy Kelly, who's on her last night. Um, she's leaving WWE after this. Uh, she put it out on Twitter last week. She's been there for quite a few years now. Um, I think she was in charge of sort of the social media stuff and mm-hmm. some of the stuff on the network that you know this this week in WWE, etc. But she's leaving. This is the last night on the show. Um, she was a really really good com- uh, sort of interviewer and stuff like that. Um, I don't think they get enough credit for what for what they do and what they bring to the product sometimes. Um, you know, there's been some phenomenal ones over the years as well. So mean Gene Okerlund is is the bar setter from back in the day. Um, you know, many many people. You know, think back to that, and I think you know we were WWFB at the time without. I mean, Gene Oakland, you know. Um, so, yeah, so they've all, they've always been a, a mainstay. Um, so it's always sad when one was on, but obviously I'm sure there will be wish her all the best. Um, but she interviewed Roderick Strong and the undisputed era backstage. Who, if you've been watching NXT recently, they've just been berating everybody backstage. It's great. Um, <laughs> so Roderick Strong is going to be facing off the returning Velveteen Dream on Wednesday on NXT TV. Um, which is always good to, to to plug your TV coming up as well because you know you want people to actually keep watching the show. <laughs> um, and Alan Cole gets that nice little bit at the end, which he goes, "Okay, Kathy, you can leave now." <laughs> Beat it. <laughs> um, so really, really good uh, dipshit heels and um, the show there are at the back, backstage and stuff like that. So really, really enjoy watching those guys with the chemistry they've got together. You know. So next up, I've got the NXT Women's Championship match: uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Um, of course, we've got the, the the looming threat of Charlotte Flair over the top of this one. So, um, but Bianca Belair won a sorry. Yeah, I was just obviously speaking about Charlotte. It was a nice build in the, the kind of previous NXTs where basically Rhea Ripley and Charlotte were just ignoring the threat of Bianca Belair. Yeah, they were just they were just focused on each other f- coming up for Mania. I thought yep. it was really, really well done. Uh, and Belair was having none of it. She's obviously saying, nah, nah, it's going to be me versus you, Charlotte for Mania. Yeah, good stuff. It was it was a nice wee sort of you know this could actually happen as well because Bianca got a really good um, showing at the Rumble. She did. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think that was it was definitely a possibility and she was a believable threat. Um, this match was really really good. Uh, I'm not going to go through this, the spots too much. I'm just going to get to the end of the match. I think, I think. It, was just a, it was literally just a match. This could have been a Raw yeah. women's match. They honestly there was a couple of spots that I noted. Uh, Mark, it was the real Ripley. She get back body dropped to the outside and Oof. she done the it was the cut angle bump. It was the proper legs. Um, yeah. It was, you know, yeah. sometimes they go sideways, but they went mm-hmm. straight, straight over, over, you know, 360. Nasty. <laughs> Very nasty. Um, and that's an ankle breaker if you land wrong. Um, that's what I was thinking. Uh, Belair kind of follows up with a planchet to the outside. Other than and cheese from the apron. Yeah. Yeah, there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot to talk about on this match. Um, I thought this, the finish was very, very sloppy as well. They mm-hmm. were, they were, they took a long time to get up to the top rope, and what they were doing it just seemed a bit off. Yeah. Um, Ah, she attempts. I think uh, Rhea attempts a sunset flip power bomb. Um, doesn't quite work, but she keeps a hold. She grabs the arm, pulls it through, um, and at the sort of pump handle position, uh, and gets the riptide for the win. Um, Thirteen minutes thirty seconds. It is a good enough match, you know. I, I, I didn't take away from the show anyway. It was, it was good. A lot of spots, a lot of back and forth, um, but not an awful lot of note. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad either. Um, yeah, it was just a match, and then. Uh, Charlotte comes out and steals all the heat. Yeah, Charlotte comes out, um, attacks Rhea straight off the bat. Um, she picks up the microphone and says, I've had a think about it, and I'll see you at WrestleMania. So that match is set. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. That was something we said after after the end of the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I think I actually said it, <laughs> not to not to trip my own horn, you know. <laughs> um, but this, this is certainly a match that, 
it certainly instilled interest again in Charlotte because I think she's, I think we said before, she's really... She's played through everyone. She's Yeah. Everybody, so. so it brings interest back there, but also brings a bit of star power to NXT, especially on the road to WrestleMania. People will be tuning in to watch that show now, you know, um, with that match building up. So brilliant. She also throws Bianca into the steps, so you might see something coming off the back of that. Maybe those two will have a wee match on NXT or something, yeah. um, which was just something that she did at the end of it where you thought, oh, that might... Yeah, we sort of you know build up we second food secondary food up until Mania. Yeah. Um TV, but, TV schedule leading up to Mania. Yeah. But good match, really, really enjoyed this. So we get the NXT Tag Team Championship match up next, uh, Bobby Fish and Kale O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era against the Broserweights, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle. Um Dunn and Riddle, of course, getting the match after winning the Dusty Rose Classic. Um you know, what what do you think of put together tag teams as such? I mean these two have been put I don't, together but I, I don't like the mashup and the entrance theme kind of a Yeah, I've written that down. Yeah. Dreadful. Um, I don't like mashing entrance themes. It's just my kind of bias. I'm as you know, I don't I'm not really into Matt Riddle. Like I, well, I'm not into his character. His wrestling ability is phenomenal. See the kind of MMA style, yeah. um, ground and pound suplex. It's just, it works, but his character is just ridiculous. It's not for me at all. Okay, I totally disagree with you. I say his character's great. I think it's, it's, I'd, I'd probably prefer his character to his actual wrestling. Um, I think it reminds me of an RVD type, somebody who's very, very. Obviously, I know the stoner link is going to be in there, but um, it's that sort of you know they're quite cool and laid back. But when they get in the ring, they go. Um, and and for me, I, I've always really really enjoyed that. I think him and Pete Dunne. It's a strange chemistry um, because they're, they're polar opposites, but it totally works. Um, it's, it's the comic man in the straight man. It works. It yeah. works. Um, so inevitably these two will feud in the future. I don't know how long they wanted this to go. I think the fact that they've won the titles means it's going to go longer than I thought. I thought maybe three months at most and then they'll have them turn on each other. Yeah. I think it's a nice filler spot to give these guys something to do for a few months. Um, but I wouldn't be dragging it out, you know. Yeah. Over a long period, I think I think it will lose its it will lose its, its its fire a wee bit. Um, these two tag teams put on an absolute clinic. Um, you know, you watch these guys go um, for a long period of time, and it was just fantastic to tune in. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the, the the start was was very very hot. Obviously, they came out and mocked Bobby Fish, which I'm not going to say the meme because it's ridiculous and I hate it. Yeah, um, but uh, undisputed era rush. Broser waits at the ramp, starts it hot, gets him in the ring. Um, O'Reilly, fuck, he is quick. He strikes, man. Holy he can go. smokes, he is quick. Um, yeah. Also, Pete Dunne has got the most unique offence I've ever seen in, in the ring. Just, It's not just obviously the... Also, I've seen a couple of shows with him on the indie scene because I'm an indie fan. Um, <laughs> but... You know, he doesn't just do the bite of the fingers. It's just it's the joint manipulation. He puts the arm in a specific way and then stomps on it. Just it's yeah. it's extracting the most punishment for the least amount of effort. Yes, he's one of the best at that. You know, like making things look unique without anybody taking any damage. You know, it's that old, you know, trying to take as little bumps as possible. So if you can get through a match without taking any, any proper bumps and still make it look fantastic, you're doing a great job, you know, long, have a long career. Long, long yeah. yeah. I think, you know, people compare him to, you know, you know Zack Sabre Jr. and stuff in New Japan and that sort of technical style. Yeah. Pete Dunne makes it entertaining. Yes. You know, I think that's so difficult to do, um, but he absolutely does. But this match, this match is fantastic. There's so much to talk about here. I could not keep up, so I'm not going to name any spots because every time I tried to look, note a spot, I'd miss one. Well, um, I'm going to name a spot for you, which was a spot in the match. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> McGuinness, right, on commentary, <laughs> says, um, Pete Dunne, 
McGuinness calls him Pete Dunn, uh, Ronaldo <laughs> retorts with um, uh, it's Pete Dunn, his name's Pete Dunn, and McGuinness replies, well not in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. fantastic! Oh, was great on this tonight as well. Um, oh, fantastic! I love it. I love Nigel McGuinness. I love you a British guy over there as well. Just uh, yeah, you know, you know, he knows stuff that nobody else does. He, he'll crack a wee. He says on NXT sometimes. He'll crack like a, a British thing, and people they're like just no sellers. They have no idea what he's talking about. Um, yeah. But we get we get some really. I, this is the thing. Cause I wrote down about four times, and I thought it was a finish, and it wasn't. Um, but we eventually do get to the finish um, where Dunnett and Riddle finally get in the ring. Um, we get an X-Plex into a power bomb, which is absolutely lovely. Um, we get some stereo strikes. That takes Riley out of the match. And then we get the bro-to-sleep Enziguri combo um, on Bobby Fish for the 1-2-3. So the Broserweights win the tag titles in 16 minutes, 58 seconds. I would strongly recommend people go and watch this match. It was phenomenal. We're not doing it justice, but there was it's so there's so much going on. You'd have to keep pausing it to keep up with spots. Um, this wasn't a good match to take notes of because there was always something happening. There was very little kind of downtime. Um, it wasn't a bad match. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as you. Um, I thought it was a bit messy at times, and it seemed to drag on a bit. Just just for my taste, you know what I mean? There was just yeah. so many false finishes. And yeah. I mean, I mean, almost 17 minutes doesn't seem a long time, but because there was no rest time, there was so much to take in. It seemed this took longer to watch than the 30-minute Finn Balor match. Yeah. Uh, they, they did so much in that time. Yeah, as you said, you know, there's so much to take in, like, per second, if you like. Yeah. Um, whereas if, if they'd had 12 minutes, you know, it might have been a bit nicer, a bit, you know. I don't think it was anything to do with the time, mate. I think it was just the fact that there was so many spots and they built, this t- they built to the finish the same way every time. Yeah. The miscommunication between Dunn and Riddle and then just, yeah, it was just the same over and over again. Yeah. But decent enough, the Bozovates win the titles. I think we'll see where that one goes from there. Um, none should be there. I'd had the titles since August, I think, when they beat the Street Profits. So maybe it was time for a wee change to sort of give a bit of freshness to the titles. Um, so yeah, we'll see where they go for there. But that's undisputed there now without tag titles and without yeah, the I North think, American titles. So yeah, that also builds a good storyline in the undisputed era. They're, yeah. they're faulty bits, so it kind of puts a spotlight on Adam Cole as the star, which he is. Yes. So we get the main event up next: um, Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. Um, obviously, Ciampa trying to get Goldie back um, <laughs> after never losing the title yeah, um, after his neck his neck injury and stuff like that. So. Um, First and foremost, I want to point on Tommaso Ciampa's entrance theme. It's Taz! <laughs> Every time I hear it, it's the heartbeat more. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, you've, my ears prick up, I go, oh. And then I go, oh, it's Ciampa. <laughs> I'll get the hang of that yet. You'll always be disappointed. Yes. <laughs> this is the fifth straight main event for Adam Cole at Takeovers. Wow, yeah. Broken stuff. He's, he's, he, is, he is fantastic. Um, he's... And, I think, you know, he should still stay in NXT for a long while. I think it's definitely a place where he, he shines. Um, I think that it's now not, it's no longer known as a developmental brand, it's a third brand. Correct, yeah. I mean, yeah. So why, why shouldn't it be? Definitely. Um, so, I've got a problem with the heel face dynamic in NXT, that, and that's my only critique of the night. So, somebody that looks like Champa, he, he can't be a face. Look at him. Just yeah. like he's a heel. He just he cannot be portrayed as a babyface, but with um, with all acts in NXT, of course, I think it's always hard to draw the, the line between heel and face because the crowd just cheers everybody. Yeah, there's very little. Can I? The last person to boo was Champa when he destroyed Gargano 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody gets because they're all good athletes and stuff like that, but it's also the downfall. It doesn't create that heel face dynamic because even the core guy was barely getting a boo. And yeah. It's, you know, it's just. Mm. It's, it's very, it's very difficult down there. Um, you know, I think later on in the match, um, when the undersweeties there get involved, that's when the boos start to rain in. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of tomfoolery going on there. Um, we had them cool, but you know, I, th- I think it is very, very difficult down there because they can't see Pat. As soon as someone. You know, as soon as you get a heel, as soon as you get to a level, people start to realise they're fucking brilliant. Then they become baby faces naturally. Yeah, you know, basically what happens in NXT is if you've got a high work rate, you're a face. If you don't work well, you're a heel. That's how it works. Yeah, doesn't matter your character. So this match starts the same way as the other males matches on the on the on the card. Um, the singles matches anyway. Um, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, and and um, Balor and Gargano. As it's you know, it's that sort of slow start. It's that sort of grappling back and forth, um, getting a feel for each other. But both guys had evidently done their homework. There was a ton of counters early on. Um, we get we get a bit of fight on the outside. Adam Cole copies Champers. You know, he sits up on the apron, gives himself an applause and pats himself on the back. He's my favourite um, spot in wrestling. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, and snap, snaps. Um, fires Cole's head into the turnbuck, into the post and throws him over the table. Um, but yeah, it's always funny watching him go over the table because the way Nigel and... Beth always react because it's happened. It happened on NXT there as well when they were fighting in front of the table. And Beth's like, "Get away from me!" And Nigel's like, "What are you doing over here?" You know, <laughs> just sort of this bit, of, just a bit of frantic um, chatting between them. And Mauro's trying to call the action. Um, so it always makes me always pops me a wee bit, you know. Um, but we, we get we get some some good wee, wee, wee spots. Um, you know, they're constantly in and out of the ring these two. But the psychology again in this match is just fantastic. You know, and again it's the wee nuances. Um, when when they do we do bits and bobs. But it was a horrible horrible spot. Well, I say horrible spot it was a great spot, but it was horrible to watch. Um, and Champa gets power bombed onto the announce table on the outside. Um, and it's, he lands very high on his back. Um. It looks like his neck, but it, well, it was like sort of the middle of his back. But his head sort of snaps back. Um, it looked safe enough, but yeah, it just it looks nasty than what it is. Yeah, but knowing knowing the neck issues and stuff like that, um, and they totally bring in, in, in the match. And this is where the commentators get a hell of a lot of props because um, they sell it very very well. You know, you always got a family and all this. You know, um, and when Champa kicks out in the ring, they're like, oh, you know, can't believe he's kicked out of that one sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so. He, he, we get back in the ring at some point. The, 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 you know, Champ is still feeling the effects of the power bomb and stuff like that. Um, but constantly, whenever Adam Cole goes to hit a big move, Champa gets back at him. And when Champa goes to hit a big move, Adam Cole gets back at him. It's just this constant back and forth, and it was exhausting at times. Would you agree? It was relentless, as you say. That neither man was willing to kind of give up, which is always good. It kind of it it told the summary of the. The event as a whole, it was just it was relentless. It was, yep. there was always something going on. It works in the main event capacity as well. You know, this is obviously your, your main event match. This is your title match. It's Champa coming back from an injury to win the belt. So the, the constant, you know, struggle and constant yeah, fighting so, and fighting, it made, it made total sense for this yeah. match. You know, so a match like this is fine in the main event because it doesn't matter if you knack the crowd out because the crowd are going home after this match. But yeah, if you do it two matches in, then they're knackered for the rest of the night. Yeah, definitely. It's the problem with WrestleMania that they put the big massive long match in the middle of the card it's usually a triple H match that goes fucking 30 minutes and <laughs> kills the crowd you know I mean? yeah definitely in this capacity it works because Triple H Jr here is doing a grand job in NXT <laughs> yes definitely 
Um, so we get we got back out to the outside, and Adam Cole gets power bombed directly onto the Spanish announce table. They have to have a Spanish announce table, you know. That's the one that has to break. <laughs> oh, the, the Spanish announce table. <laughs> um, doesn't they break the first time? So they do it a second time, and it does break. I tell you, see the next time I buy a table. I'm buying it from Portland, Oregon, because these tables do not want to fucking break tonight. <laughs> They'll no give in. Um, we get back to the ring, and we get a Project Champa, um, which gets a near fall, and this is when the near fall is really starting to come into play. Um, this is when I thought they were going home, but no. <laughs> no, well, you've, got, you've, got another, you've got another half hour yet. <laughs> um, we get the sort of same spot that happened at... Um, Take over war games um, with the sort of air raid crash off the top, um, but obviously it's off the turnbuckle, not the top of a cage, etc. Um, which we get the kick out of, and again, that's we nod back to the previous match that these two guys were, were a part of. Um, we also get that the same manoeuvre on the apron. Um, then Champa takes a body drop on the outside, and we get a nice uh, tequila sunrise, I believe he called a Panama sunrise, he calls it. Um, Adam Cole and his finisher was sort of the Canadian destroyer um, off the announce table yeah. and onto the, onto the mat on the outside. Um, Get back in the ring, champ. Almost immediately gets a fairy tale ending, um, and we still get a kick out. And we're like, Christ Almighty, when is this match going to have a finish? <laughs> um, there's, there's still interference to go. <laughs> yes, um, and that was the point as well. You know, you, as I said earlier on with the key three match as well. You know, it's that sort of natural pinnacle, um, and that was the point because you know after you don't get the three, there's a total silence in the crowd. That's when they expect to finish. So you've you've got them but they rock bottom again, so you need to build them up again. So that's when you know you need another seven minutes or so to five or seven minutes to build it up again. Takes their breath away and they need to recover for that. Yeah. Uh, so we we then get um uh, Roderick Strong up on the apron, um distracting the referee while Fish and O'Reilly come out. Um they deliver the double team move um to Champa, thrown back in. Adam Cole gets the pin, and we get a kick out, and that was a, that got a pop that kick out because that was the one where I was like, oh Christ, here we go. You know these guys are going going to do the deed. Um, but Cole, like, oh yes, he's kicked out, and that's obviously that's when we say the heat went on on the speedy era now because you know they've got four of them there. People wanted Champa to win the belt um, and get Goldie back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we get uh, they're inside the ring battling it out, and Champa gets pushed into the referee, so we get a nice wee ref bump. Um, Takes a bell. He's a hell of a worker, that yeah, um, Some size as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cole gets thrown over the top and uh, um, O'Reilly and Fish. Uh, strong eats a DDT and then we get a corkscrew over the top from Champa taking out um, Fish and O'Reilly again. Uh, meanwhile, Adam Cole gets back in the ring. He delivers three super kicks to Champa and then he hits the last shot and Champa still kicks out. <laughs> and that's where I definitely thought it was a finish. Um um, so the referee's obviously is out by this point we get a low blow um, from Cole on Champa Cole goes to the top for the Panama Sunrise comes back down Champa and gives him a low blow returns a favour he has the fairy tale ending but the referee's not there to count so the referee uh, the referee's not there to count so the audience count to three well actually they counted to 14 um, they counted to 14 but the pin stopped around about the count of 9 or 10 yeah oh, um, so <laughs> Then we see Gargano coming out. Now, the title was brought into the ring earlier in the match, actually, um, and it's, it's been lying in the corner a wee bit. So Champa starts crawling over to grab Goldie um, to get himself in a bit of an advantage. Gargano says, cheering him on. Come on, Champa. Champa gets his hands on the belt. Gargano also puts his hands on the belt. He snatches it away from Champa and smashes him over the head with the title. So it looks like we're, we're getting this feud um, again. relit again. Um, I don't think we need this feud relit again, but... No, not in this, uh, not in this um, 
incarnation of it. Gargano's not a face. Uh, Gargano's not a heel, sorry. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he smashes him over the head with it. Cole gets the one, two, three. Um, Gargano screwed Champa out of getting the title. Um, and the show closes with Undisputed Era celebrating. Um, and Champa laid out in the ring. Yeah. So it's a nice way to end this feud between Cole and Champa. That means Cole can move on to someone else and Champa can obviously go to Gargano. Obviously, yep. I think the natural progression is going to be Finn versus. Yeah, so it looks like they're trading dance partners here. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, do I want to see Gargano and Champa again? I mean, yes. Yes, they have great matches. Do I want to see Champa as a face? No. Do I want to see Gargano as a heel? No. No. But... I, don't, I don't think Gargano is as natural at all as a heel. I think he's a man-made baby face, you know. More of a face than John Cena. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Aye, it's, 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 you know, when you look at a baby face, they have to be able to garner um, sympathy. Mm-hmm. And and that's something Gargano can do in spades. You know, you look at him and you just feel sorry for him. <laughs> don't be, I don't mean that in a horrible way, but, you know, when somebody beats him up, you think, oh, Christ, look at him, poor boy, you know. Um, He's getting booked backwards, but we'll see. Hopefully, the work rate well, as I say, characters don't really matter in NXT now, do they? Because I don't want to get Yeah. But at least it's a new nickname. It's Johnny Hilton now. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, very, very good show. Um, the main event was you know, really, really well built. Um, as for our predictions, I won 5-4, which means I get to pick the next two shows that we yeah, do. 6-4. Oh, it was 5-4, sorry. There was 5-4, yeah. Let's try to give me an extra point now. That was yeah. nice of <laughs> Uh, so I get to pick the next two shows that we do on the build-up to Elimination Chamber 2020. Um, yeah, so do you want to explain that, what we're actually doing here? So, yeah, so um, when we do a live show, we'll be doing predictions, and the winner of predictions will then pick the next few shows that we do on the build-up to the next, the, the next live pay-per-view, pay-per-view, if you like. Um, we are not doing Super Showdown because it's a bullshit show. It's a house show. Yeah, we so we ain't doing Super Showdown and we won't do any like silly network specials and stuff like that. We'll do simply takeovers and the big pay-per-views. Um so we do Elimination Chamber this year and it'll be Mania. Um, we might do this year's TakeOver. Obviously, TakeOver and Mania are pretty close together and with them being very, very big shows. Um, we'll try our best, but Mania so, is priority. Yeah. So when Mark wins, you'll be treated to modern day bullshit, but when I win, you'll get some WCW garbage. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so next week, I think, because I've been so inspired by this show. Go on, hit me with it. What are we doing next week? We're going to do. Do you want to rate this show first, and I'll tell you what we're going to do next week. We'll rate week. this show first. Um, I gave this show a very strong A minus. Um, I mean, match after match was incredible. The only negatives were that some matches dragged on in places. Yeah. My attention span kind of wavered during some of the longer matches, but we're still happy with the finishes. Okay, I'm, I've given it a B plus. Okay. I I had written just at a flat A. Um, but the reason I dropped it, and I'm going to say, if, if I had watched these matches at my own leisure, in terms of I uh, watch this match now, watch this match later, I would have given it an A plus. The matches were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. As a show, NXT Takeovers being three hours long is too long, and I know that's ter- that's stupid to say because no, um, the, the WWE, WWE pay per views are about three hours long, but the WWE pay per views have seven or eight matches. This had five, yeah. so every match was too long. So I, I said to you, there wasn't a match where you could get a breath. You know, it was constant tuning in, bang, 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 bang. There was so much going on. And it's great to a degree, mm-hmm. but, you know, after watching it, I'm like, I can't watch any more wrestling for another week, you know, because I'm like, 
I'm, I'm burnt out a wee bit. So just having a match here or there that's maybe you know eight minutes long or something. You just we we two wee filler matches in there would have been lovely. It would have split the show up nice. You know, give you a chance to catch your breath before the big matches. Um, I think you know having five, five or six matches on the show where everything is meaningful. I know it's good in theory, yeah. But it's also you know you need sometimes you need matches that are just a bit. So what you're saying is that you needed. An R Truth dance break segment. Yeah, yeah, we needed more. I needed more shit in this show. This show was too good. Yeah, we'll let you digest that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll never, we'll, we'll, you know, you, you never please wrestling fans, I suppose. So that's just me being nitpicky. But um, you know, I think when when the takeovers were about two hours, um, they were so watchable. Yeah. But three, I just felt like at the end, I was like, you know, a bit exhausted. But I would, I would never, you know, it wouldn't deter me from watching the show again. It was brilliant. Uh, it was just that was just a nitpick for me that I thought, you know, but B plus brilliant show. Um thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. So with being inspired by this NXT takeover, I think next week we're gonna watch NXT Rival from two thousand and fifteen. Okay. Um which is so obviously we also do shows obviously in the month that we're in, which is a February show. Um so we'll be yeah, watching that so one back from yeah. yeah. We won't be doing the Royal Rumble in April, for example. So any pay per view that has been aired in the month of February is up for selection, and you've yep. went for NXT TakeOver Rival. Yes, 2015, so we'll be doing that next week. Um, I didn't want to go back to the Attitude Era again. Um, I can't I think, why. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get some Rufus Aggression stuff in later in the year. Oh, yes. um, which is, have you seen the new series on the network? Uh, I have not, no. No, they're doing like a series. So remember they did like the Monday Night Wars thing? Yeah, yeah. Where they had like a docuseries thing? Well, mm-hmm. they're doing that with the Ruthless Aggression here now. Oh, um, so I've not got around to watching it myself yet, but that's certainly um, something I want to get into watching because that was my era. <laughs> um, so that'll be NXT Rival next week, 2015. That'll be really, really good fun to do. Um, you know, stick with the NXT theme. Um, yeah. And then I think before Elimination Chamber 2020, we'll maybe go back to another Elimination Chamber show um, oh, and watch one of them from a different era. <laughs> it's all about variety, you know. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yes. <laughs> so you better start tying in your predictions for Elimination Chamber if you want to take me off the throne. <laughs> oh, you'll be getting subjected to some WCW garbage then. <laughs> great fun <laughs> alright so thanks very much for joining me Stuart it was a good show to do this week um, we can go and have a bit of sleep now after watching all that wrestling <laughs> oh, pleasure to watch wrestling with you Mark perfect alright thanks very much enjoy this next week for NXT Rival 2015 alright thank you I've got two tickets for paradise two